My name is Yisrael Kamenetsky, and it's my pleasure and privilege to be speaking to you on behalf of Kesher Litzadik and the uh, Twitter page at Yardsites about my grandfather, Rabbi Dr. Joseph Kamenetsky, fondly known to a generation of Jews in America as Dr. Joe. His Yardsite is the 29th of Adar, um, uh, coming up uh, very shortly. And uh, my grandfather was a very, very unique individual. He was born in 1911. He went to elementary school in Chaim Berlin. He was born in Brooklyn, went to Chaim Berlin. To high school, he went to uh, TA on the Lower East Side. He was in the first graduating class of Yeshiva University. He graduated in 1932. Was involved briefly in a Jewish education. He was the uh, principal of the Talmud Torah at uh, the Jewish Center of Manhattan and then the assistant rabbi of the Jewish Center under Rabbi Leo Young uh, in the 30s and 40s. He then got a doctorate in education from Columbia, and he became the executive director of Manhattan Day School. While he was there, uh, an organization began called Toro Masora that asked him to be its educational director. Toro Masora was started by Shraga Feigl Mandelovich, who died two years later in 1948, and in 1948, my grandfather, Dr. Joe, took over the organization of Toro Masora. He was the director of Torah Masorah for 35 years. When he began at Torah Masorah, there were about five or six day schools outside the New York area. When he retired in Torah Masorah, there were over 150 day schools throughout uh, the United States, um, many, many of them that he was directly involved in beginning and starting day schools. His mission, his mandate with Torah Masorah was any community in the United States that had uh, 5,000 Jews they were going to go and try to start a day school. In his memoirs, he talks about how the day schools were started in various communities. Uh, in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, in Denver, Colorado, in Memphis, Tennessee, in Omaha, Nebraska, in Malden, Massachusetts, in Santa Barbara, California. Um, and that's just what he quotes in the book. There were many, many other schools that he was involved with uh, in beginning as well. Uh, my grandfather retired from Torah in 1980 at the age of 69. He moved to Israel. He was a very big Zionist, and he wanted to, always wanted to move to Israel, and he passed away in Israel uh, in 1999 at the age of uh, 88. Um, what was the greatness of my grandfather? Uh, my grandfather, because he had a doctorate from Torah Masorah, he also uh, had a very close relationship with the Russia yeshiva from the yeshivish world. Um, in his uh, memoirs, uh, as part of Torah Masorah, he met, and he was very, very close with Rav Aaron Cutler, with Rav Moshe Feinstein, with Rav Yitzhak Hutner, with Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, with Rav Yaakov Rudiman. Um, in the book, in his memoirs, he talks about how he and Rav Yaakov were second cousins once removed. Um, and uh, because he revered and respected the Russia yeshiva, he, he used to go uh, listen to Shiurim from Rabbi Isaac Sher when he was in America collecting money. He was stuck here for six months, and he got a real taste into the Lithuanian yeshivish world. Uh, he went to those Shiurim together with Rev Gifter and a number of others. Um, so he became friendly with a lot of the Litvish Russia yeshiva. And then in Torah Masora, Rav Shraga Feivel asked him, somebody who went to YU and a doctorate from, from Columbia, to be in charge of Torah Masora, um, whose mandate was to go out into these, uh, um, in, into the, the barren desert, spiritual desert of the United States in the 30s and 40s, or the 50s and 60s, more correctly, 
and um, and to to try to start up yeshiva day schools in areas that had many unobservant Jews. And my grandfather's job was to try to get them excited about the idea of having a Jewish day school, a an Orthodox Jewish day school in their community. And the Russian yeshiva, who I mentioned before, they were the ones who were setting the agenda for Torah Masorah. Um, and uh, my grandfather was viewed as a, a bridge between Ramosha Feinstein, Rav Aaron Cutler, and all the people I mentioned before, the Torah Masorah's, uh, you know, Vad, Vad, uh, Vad Rabbanim, the... Uh, the, uh, what they used to call the Rabbinical Administrative Board, the Vad Rashi Yeshiva. Um, and my grandfather had to figure out a way to translate the vision of the Rashi Yeshiva, the Yeshivish Rashi Yeshiva, into the day school community, even sometimes co-ed schools or schools of that nature that were being, that were, that were being started uh, all over the United States. So my grandfather was a very, very unique synthesis of um, someone who, the people in the various communities respected him because of his doctorate from Columbia, <clears throat> and the Russia Yeshiva respected him because he was extremely learned. Uh, he loved to learn, and he understood. He was a big Balmusser. He listened to the Balimusser, and he he was a great Darshan. So somehow the Russia Yeshiva trusted him, even though he was a Wayu guy. And the, uh, the 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 unaffiliated Jews in all these communities trusted him because of his doctorate. And my grandfather is really known as the father of the day school movement in America. Um, today, there are so many day schools. I mean, I have so many, so many stories of people that I would meet from from various places throughout the United States who tell me, yeah, your grandfather started the school in my community. Your grandfather started the school in my community. I remember the first time that uh, uh, Rabbi Yisachar Friend came to speak at our yeshiva. I, didn't, I had never met Rabbi Friend, the first time he ever spoke in public in our yeshiva. And we brought him in to speak, and he says to me, oh, your name is Kamenetsky. You should know I'm only from today because of your grandfather. Rabbi Fran apparently grew up in Seattle, Washington. There was no day school. And my grandfather came to town and drummed up support. He would speak. He would talk about the, with passion about the importance of a Jewish education. And he would convince people who were, were rather unaffiliated that, that, that it was in their best interest to start a day school. And Rabbi Fran says the school in Seattle... Is, is how he learned really uh, really his, his formative Jewish education and the reason why and the reason why he um, he, he, uh, he was able to, to, to grow as a Jew, Rabbi Fran said was because of, of the yeshiva. So my, my grandfather had a tremendous koach of oratory. Uh, he was a tremendous darshan. He, he knew how to speak to unaffiliated people. He knew how to inspire people. My grandfather loved to sing. There are many, many stories of how my grandfather would come to a town and nobody was interested in Jewish education. They didn't want to pay for it. They didn't want to have a yeshiva. And my grandfather would come for a Shabbos and he would bring people together on a Friday night and he would sing with them and he would inspire them. And by the time Shabbos was over, they said, we need, we need more of this. How, how do we get more of this? And he said, well, you're going to have to open up a school. You have to have, have a yeshiva here. And, 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 and the truth is that um, his legacy uh, is... All of these day schools that he was involved um, in, in, in opening um, throughout the United States. There was a small team of people at uh, Torah Masora, a gentleman by the name of Bernie Goldenberg um, was, was involved, and someone named Sender Gross, Alexander Gross. Uh, these are really my, my grandfather's deputies at Torah Masora. They each ran different departments of Torah Masora. Um, and this, this organization, Torah Masora, from 1955, um, and my grandfather took over in 1948. He took it over. So from 1948 through 1981, 1980, when my grandfather uh, retired, 
uh, after serving it for almost you know, 34, 35 years, um, they opened up many, many yeshivas uh, from, from all, those, all those years and day schools in the United States. And um, this is really uh, his legacy. He was the prime mover and force behind uh, the setting up of all these day schools in the United States. Um, certainly, uh, my grandfather, as I mentioned, was uniquely positioned to be a bridge between the yeshivish Russia yeshiva and the um, you know more modern, modern Orthodox, uh, you know even even unaffiliated um, Jews throughout the United States. Uh, the fact that he was able to speak to both is is really the secret of how he started day schools. My grandfather's magic, the way he made it happen, was not just with his learning, but he he was a tremendous darshan. He was a great orator. Uh, he was a great speaker, um, and uh, he knew how to he had to speak to people that they would hear. He was also extremely warm and engaging. He knew how to engage people. He 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 was a great balmanagin. He would sing. He would sing a nigunim. His favorite nigun that he would sing it was a sheb shaflenu, an old old song. Sheb shaflenu zachalanu, ayifkenu um, he loved that song and would sing that song everywhere. Anyone, anyone who I meet always always tells me about how my grandfather taught them that song, and that's the song that he would get everybody excited about. My grandfather was an, was a great dancer. He would sing, he would dance, um, and if you saw him at a simcha, he was somebody who was who was who would lead the whole crowd in dancing and singing. He led all of the um, he led he always would lead the hakafas in his shul uh, on on simchas Torah. He was a very very labedika person and. The way he attracted people to the day school movement was he was so excited and on fire and passionate about his own Yiddishkeit and about his own drushes. He loved the Rosh Yeshiva. He loved the Bali Musr. He would read uh, Musr Shmuzin from Rav Isaac Sher and from uh, many other uh, Bali Musr. Um, he was actually also a student of Rav Salvechik. He loved the drushes of Rav Salvechik. He was able to, to bridge all these uh, different, a- way, all different uh, areas of Yiddishkeit and that's how he opened the day schools. But he also was able to inspire people because he himself was on fire. Uh, he was a, he was a singer. He was a, um, a, a dancer, an inspirer, a, an inspiring, a fiery, inspiring speaker. I remember when he would darshan at the seder, he would uh, he would hold the whole seder spellbound. I remember as a young child, he would he would speak, uh, give over the drushes. So I remember one one Pesach gave over of Salvechik's nine aspects of the Haggadah, and he talked about each one, and he was so inspired. He lived his life. He was such an inspired person. I believe that because he was so inspired himself, that's what allowed him to inspire um, so many others. Um, I have many, many personal reflections of my grandfather. Um, As I said, many of them were listening to his inspiring drushes. Um, He would be just sitting deep in thought in his study. He would smoke a pipe. He was deep in thought uh, in his study, thinking about uh, a speech or a lecture or a shmooze or a dvar musr that he was reading. Um, he had a he had a little sign on his desk that said Chashuv. He was very into s- thinking. He he always wanted to think everything. He would think very very deeply. Um, I remember towards the end of his life, uh, the last uh, eighteen years that he lived in the land of Israel, um, he, he suffered from uh, from dementia <clears throat> towards the end of his life, and it took him like a half hour to walk next door to go to Minyan. Every morning he would schlep himself and work hard. He wanted to be in base medrash. He would sit there in the base medrash even as his mind started. Uh, um, losing it a little bit, but but the study of Torah was really his whole life. Uh, something that meant that meant a tremendous uh, amount to him. Um, and um, uh, I remember one time that I was uh, a young, very very young rabbi, and and uh, and and gave a drasha somewhere. And I remember 
having him uh, praising the drasha, and he enjoyed the drasha so much. And coming from somebody who was a master darshan, it was really uh, an, an incredible uh, feeling, an incredible tribute to have someone like him uh, to, to feel that I had, had given uh, a, a nice drasha. I want to share in closing one Torah that my grandfather loved to talk about all the time. There's a Ramban in Pashas Kisavo. <clears throat> there are a number of curses I mentioned. Orur, Mashke Iver Badorech. Orur, there's different Orurs in, in Pashas Kisavo. Uh, the Torah talks about various Orurs. And, um, <clears throat> and at the end it says, Cursed is someone who doesn't uphold the Torah. And there's a famous Ramban. And this was the Ramban that my grandfather used to go throughout the United States quoting this Ramban and darshning on this Ramban. Um, that that uh, the Ramban there says, Lamad v'limed, shamar v'asa, a person could have learned Torah, kept all the Torah, but he had the opportunity, because everybody asks, what does it mean, who doesn't observe the Torah? The last ten curses that we just mentioned were all various averis that you don't uphold the Torah. What's this eleventh one? So, my, so the Ramban writes there that even someone who learns Torah and he keeps all the positive mitzvahs and he teaches Torah and he observes all the negative commandments, but he had the ability to be to be mikayim Torah in the hands of somebody else and he didn't do it, that's a separate curse in the Chumash. And my grandfather viewed this Ramban as his mandate. If you can set up a yeshiva, if you could strengthen Torah, if you could create an institution that's going to cause Torah to be strengthened in a community, if you have the opportunity and you don't do it, so that's the separate curse of the Uru. So these are some of the um, thoughts and ideas that uh, I think about my grandfather when it comes around to his yard site. Uh, he was someone who lit so many people on fire. If you think about how many Hundreds and thousands of Jews have attended day school in the United States, in Cincinnati, in Phoenix, in St. Louis, in, uh, in, in, in California, um, in, in Arizona. So many places that there are day schools that Torah Masorah was involved in setting up, that my grandfather was involved in setting up. And how many thousands and thousands of American Jews, people said in the 30s, in the 30s and 40s, um, Orthodox Judaism was dead in America. There, were, there was like five or six yeshivas in New York and that was it. And then five or six, obviously there were a number of yeshivas in New York and five or six yeshivas outside New York. And then my grandfather would get on the train every week and, and, and go out to this community and that community and meet with people who he barely even knew and got them excited about the idea of starting a day school. And somehow, miraculously, he was able to really turn the entire landscape of the United States over from one that was a barren wasteland, a desolate uh, area of Torah um, in, into a place that was uh, that was uh, thriving uh, with Torah. So I think this is a little bit about the legacy of my uh, grandfather, Rabbi Dr. Joseph Kamenetsky, whose yard site is the 29th of Adar. And I hope that by sharing some of these thoughts, reflections, recollections in Torah, uh, his very, very special Neshama should have an aliyah. Thank you very much for listening.